Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all. It has been way too long since my last episode. Uh, This month we had to put out a lot of episodes for the Generation Y, but the Generation Y has taken a break for the holidays. So I'm working on two different interviews right now for the peripheral. Speaking of Christmas miracles, I was recently on the Minds of Madness podcast. They do a Christmas episode about all the influences they've had on their journey of podcasting. And they included me, which I'm so flattered by. It's awesome. Beck and Tyler are super cool. And they took a story of mine and they added dramatic effects to it. I sound way more important and cool than I really am in real life. So they did a wonderful job and you should check it out. It's their Christmas miracle episode. On my Christmas episode, I talked to two wonderful guests who are both in the LGBTQ community. They bring up issues that they've faced within their community that they felt needed some attention. I had a wonderful time speaking with both of them. Uh, I hope that this episode doesn't doesn't get taken as a counter-narrative or anything such as that. It is truly just two people's stories and their experiences. And I felt that they were coming from a good place to call out racism and bigotry, no matter where it happens. So my first guest is Justine. My name is Justine, and I came on to talk about pretty much my experience being bisexual and feeling like I've come out twice in my life. I came out to my straight friends initially and my family when I started dating women. And then after a few years of dating women, I came out to all of my lesbian friends saying that I wanted to date men again. And they were drastically different, similar in a lot of ways, but pretty different. It was a lot harder coming out saying that I wanted to date men to all of my lesbian friends. (laughs) So briefly go through the reactions, both of the reactions when you came out the first time and then the second time. Growing up, I, I didn't really understand. I graduated in 2005, so I am 30. You know, there were gay rights, but it wasn't as it is now. And I didn't really grow up extremely religious. So being gay just was never a big thing. I didn't really see the big deal. Like you fall in love with someone's brain, not their body. And, you know, being attracted to someone is just a perk. When I I dated men throughout high school and some of college and the issue I had coming out with the first girl that I dated was she dated my sister for a little bit. So kind of an odd thing. My sister and I started dating women pretty much at the same time. She 
told people first and she started seeing somebody that I had worked with at a clothing store. I felt myself getting kind of jealous and I was like, you know, why am I getting jealous? Is it because this is my friend? This is somebody I know? Or is it because I actually like this girl? It was hard in the way that my sister was a little upset. And a lot of my friends were kind of like, well, who is this girl? Like, why is she dating this sister? And now she's dating this sister. But as far as me dating women, a lot of people weren't so surprised. And the biggest thing with my straight friends that I grew up with were asking me, how is it going down on a girl? (laughs) Which is kind of funny. You know, because they with their boyfriends were like, oh, I always feel bad when they do it or you know, so that was like the biggest thing about my straight friends. And the family thing eventually got a little bit better through time. And um, my sister and I mended our ways. When this girl and I broke up, it was kind of me figuring out if it had just been her. Because a lot of times I feel like when you first start dating someone of the same sex, you're kind of like, is it just them? Do I just have this you know, amazing relationship because of this person? Or am I just, am I like attracted to more than just her and that I'm attracted to women? Yeah. I stated and slept with the second girl and was like, oh, okay, I really just like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when that happened, it just kind of fell into place where I was dating women and, you know, everybody was okay with it. The only, um, one of the other hard things was, finding friends to go out and try to meet women Mm -hmm. because I would be considered a lipstick lesbian. I don't know if you've heard of that. (laughs) I've heard the term, but uh, (laughs) if you want to define the terms, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. That would be considered somebody who, well, as it sounds, is a little bit more girly, wears Mm -hmm. lipstick, dresses, and stuff like that. So in the gay community, and I'm sure in like gay men, they have nicknames for everybody. That's what I would be considered. And it would be hard for me to go out and meet people because nobody would come up to me. Because if I was with other, you know, straight friends or with a guy, I feel like gay women would look at me and be like, oh, well, she's probably straight. I'm Mm. not going to go talk to her. (laughs) So it was really hard meeting people. And uh, where I grew up, I, I lived in Michigan my whole life. And Every big city, I feel like, has what they call a gayborhood, which is like, yeah. <laughs> you know, where all the gays go. And um, with my sister dating women as well, and the lesbian community is fairly small. So her and I had a couple more issues. And it's funny because when we both, she dated men as well. When we both dated men, we never had any issues. Mm-hmm. But then once we both started dating women it started causing issues. (laughs) So between you and your sister? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just hard to like, she really jumped in the community. She met a lot of friends, dated a few girls. So I would go out with her and her friends, kind of tag along little sister. And I would like someone, but it would, you know, possibly have been someone she dated or... I would have to go through one of her friends or go through her. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't really find like my own within the the, gay community. Just because it was so small and everyone knows each other. So yeah. 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 What I ended up doing is I moved to Phoenix, Arizona. And 
I got very lucky. I went out to a gay bar by myself, which is very out there for me, I guess you could say. Uh, out <laughs> Going of your alone. Comfort, yeah, out of your comfort zone, definitely. Out of the comfort zone, yeah. I was very lucky to have met a couple girls. They were very nice, and I pretty much just fell into their group of friends. It was nothing like I had ever experienced. All girls, all gay girls, lipstick lesbians, more butch lesbians, anything you could ever think of was in this friend group. I remember one of the first parties, like house parties I went to when I moved here was kind of what you would think of as Phoenix of like, you know, really nice house in the desert hills, really nice pool, but there was pretty much all lesbians and people had their tops off and in the pool. And I just was like, holy crap, like this is crazy. (laughs) So I really like fell into the lesbian community here. So that's where I started. And I've been here about going on five years, drastically different from where I came from, you know, just kind of like I found my own, I had my own friends, my own group. I had never had lesbian friends. It just was very, very different. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it because it's you're moved away from home. This is the first time it sounds like that you're away from your family and yeah. and embracing the community, whereas you weren't able to exactly embrace the community without, you know, you're in the shadow of your sister per se. Yes. Yeah. I always wanted to move away and I felt very proud of myself to have first of all, done it at a later age. And yeah, it definitely did feel like I kind of made my own and I was coming out to more people. That's another thing. In Michigan, where I grew up, I did not tell people like I was a nanny and the people I worked for, the family, I decided not to tell. That's a whole other, I don't know why I thought it would be an issue. And then in Phoenix, where I was working, I nannied again and I felt very open of telling the mom, we had a great relationship. So I told her, I just felt very more comfortable with myself. So that was very new as well. It sounds like you made the right move in the right choice. So yeah, I think I felt uh, both ways, but definitely within the like close relationships I had. So now we can get into, you know, what kind of changed out of that. And I guess I'll start with saying, I never have said that I felt like I was born gay. I have used that word as describing myself when people would ask or, you know, maybe a guy would ask me on a date, I would say, Oh, I'm gay. I'm sorry. You know, but if close friends or anybody would ask me, I would say, well, I don't necessarily feel like I was born gay because I have loved a man. I was in a relationship and I did love him. Granted, we were like, 19. But um, what I felt was love. And I just always said that I felt like I preferred women, that I got to date both and that now I just felt like I preferred women. Now, dating women was just not working out for me. And that sounds kind of funny, but I think kind of a self-confidence issue. And I also was dealing with a lot of anxiety. And I think that My interaction and like my dynamic with women was that I would fall very hard, very fast. And then I would just kind of head fuck myself. I don't know if you've ever 
yeah. been in a relationship <laughs> like that. Well, yeah. And, and if your girlfriend is not giving you the reinforcement you needed, whether it be emotional or verbal, whatever, you can take anything and everything and just drive yourself into madness. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And kind of having th- a thing with like, being a best friend, but then also being the partner too. And I think that's what I kind of had a hard time with where, yeah, if somebody didn't call me back or, you know, they were going to do something else, I would get kind of like, well, do they, are they not interested in me anymore? It was kind of hard for me to tell what really felt, I don't know how to describe it, like really confident in what somebody felt about me. Are you looking for authentic? What what was real and what wasn't? Like Yeah, and I think still the confidence in myself where I knew they liked me, but I would always second guess it. And again, I don't know how to say if like that's just the way I interact with women because I get kind of like, oh, I really, really like them. And um, it just kind of turns into not believing what they say back to me. I don't know. So that just always ended up being the issue with my serious relationships with women. I kind of started thinking of like, okay, well, I'm ready to settle down. I want to be serious with someone. I want to have a family eventually in the future. And I kind of was like, maybe I'm closing myself off by exclusively dating women because it had been about three and a half years, maybe. Oh, in Arizona, but overall of me dating women was probably like five or six years. So it had been a while. And like I said, my dynamic and my interaction, I kind of was like, maybe I'm limiting myself to love. And that's really just what I wanted was to find somebody that I had that confidence in a relationship and that I loved. And and chemistry, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Being in the big lesbian community that I was in is I was not really forthcoming at the beginning of me kind of being curious. And it's so funny to say that because it really is like I was coming out again, even though I had previously dated men before. I would like go on Tinder and go on dates. And I remember I slept with a guy and it had been the first time in like, you know, that six, maybe seven years. And I I didn't tell anyone. (laughs) I didn't tell any of my friends. I kind of kept it a secret of me seeing if it was something I still liked or just for my own curiosity, I guess. But it went well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for a one night stand, I guess it (laughs) went okay. So I kept on the Tinder thing. I was like, you know what? I think I really do want to try this. Like I want to try going on more dates and seeing if my interactions with men as an adult too, as opposed to a, you know, maybe 21, 22 year old might be a little bit different. Um, Guys mature greatly over the time (laughs) and from the time you're twenties. Yeah. There's guys are idiots (laughs) and that time. So yeah. Yeah. That, that might've been part of the reason I stopped dating them. I don't know. I met somebody that I wanted to see, like see more than just once. And I was having a bonfire at my house with my friends and I wanted him to be there. So I did the cowardly way a little bit. And I text a few of my friends and was like, just so you know, I'm inviting a guy that I'm dating. 
I think part of the reason why I was nervous was maybe a couple months before that, I had kind of like nonchalantly mentioned to my friends, my lesbian friends, that I was thinking of dating men. And it would kind of be like, oh, gosh, like, don't do that. And not not very (laughs) supportive. (laughs) No, not very supportive. And well, I'll just hook you. I'll hook you up with someone or you just haven't found the right girl yet. So I sent out the text messages and I got a few surprised uh, reactions and a few that were like, oh, yeah, I don't care. You know, I love you for whatever. That's fine. I'll meet him. So that was the initial time. And my friends did come over and they met him and it went pretty well, but I could tell there was a something in the air. (laughs) You know, you can just have that feeling of like, is it because it's somebody new and they care about me, so they care about who I'm dating, or is it just because it's a man? The ju- um, the judgment was thick. <laughs> yes, the judgment was thick. You know, my my friends are not man haters, and I think that a lot of people think of the lesbian community or they see like a group of lesbians or something, and they may think they they don't like men mm-hmm. or like you know you you hear that I feel like. My friends don't necessarily. It just is so much women. You know, it's a man here or there in the group of friends. And, you know, we have a married straight couple, a few straight girls who do date men. But it's just very high on the women Mm -hmm. thing. So what, what happened next, this guy ended up not being the best guy. And that kind of was, again, the whole, okay, we don't really care but we just don't really like who you're dating or I told you so guys aren't for you yeah (laughs) yeah that could have been it too and very much I heard one of my friends say oh so and so said they can't they just can't wait till you start dating women again so that was like another kind of kick in the gut the way I describe it the best is that I felt kind of like I was being kicked out of a club it wasn't that I was being excluded anymore. My friends, again, they they were saying that we love you no matter what. And I, I really felt that a lot of them did. And they did mean that. And they genuinely wanted me to just be happy. But I did start feeling a little bit of not maybe being invited. Or when I was there with a guy, it would be kind of just that like second glance. Like, oh gosh, like she's bringing a guy or he's here or something like that. So that was really hard. I really bet because, I mean, it's not that, like you said, they they don't hate men, but they have zero interest for them. So Mm -hmm. why are they going to invite a man to be around? Because there's nothing really they're going to gel on. And it has nothing to do with hate. It just has everything. Like, I, I don't know anything about checkers or chess I wouldn't hang out at a chess club (laughs) you know they wouldn't invite me you know sort of the same deal yeah I agree some of my friends would describe to me of saying you know it just is a changing period because all we've known of you has been you dating women because I, I moved to Phoenix I like I said just really got into the gay community and met all of these friends and Though I had always said to them, I don't think I was born gay. I'm not quite sure. It'd have to be a really 
really good guy. That's always what I said. Like, I don't know if I date a man again. It would just have to really be a good guy. I have a friend named Wesley who's been with his partner, James, for as long as I've known him. And I was over at their house fixing their computer one day. And Wesley started telling me about an ex-girlfriend of his. And it blew my mind because (laughs) everything I've known about this man is gay. And he's Uh with a man. He's always been active in the community. He goes on gay cruises. And then when he said, oh, yeah, I dated this girl once when I was, you know, a teenager in my 20s. And and then I was like, how many girls have you been with? And I felt a little, you know, like his number was higher than mine. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, whoa. Uh, But but again, it was it was a little bit of a shock to me that I just assumed he was gay. I just assumed there was no other mindset there. So. It was something that I had to come to terms with. It, I did mm-hmm. in about five seconds. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, now you're with the guy you're, you love. So yeah. I'm assuming yeah. your friends sort of felt this, we only know you in this light or in this picture. Now we're having to adjust to this new world or something. Yes. Yeah, it was exactly that. They definitely just said it was that changing of the image of this is the way we saw you. And I guess basically thought we knew you. And now it's changing to opening that option of, oh, okay, well, now she's dating men. So I kind of did go back and forth. I went back to an ex-girlfriend for a little bit and then went back to the guy that wasn't so great. And (laughs) so it was kind of all over the place. And definitely as time went on, within the friend group, it did get a little bit better where it was kind of joked about when they would get grossed out about talking about like a penis or something like that. They would look over at me and, you know, make some snarky comment or like, you know. Or or see if you were offended by their penis comment. Yeah. 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 So it kind of, it sometimes was funny and just poking a little fun. And especially when it was a group of very much born gay, you know, never been with a man type things. Definitely the comfort level was coming back. I met somebody, a guy that I'm currently dating, and he is a great guy. And it is kind of funny being in the position I'm in because the guy I'm dating now and ones I had previously, when they come out with me and my friends, they're sometimes the only guy. (laughs) And they are with pretty much all couples or single lesbians. It makes me feel great about them that they don't really care. They're not making it be like a a thing or it being cool or that, you know, oh, I get to go hang out with a bunch of lesbians and yeah, yeah. I was stuff say like that. I, I would sure I'm, you know, being a guy, most guys are pretty open to lesbians and, and that. If you were to take a straight guy and try to take him to a, a gay bar where it's men, they might be more hesitant to do that. But I've never seen any straight guy have a problem with, with <laughs> lesbians. It's just, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah. They, they, might and, be, they might be a little creepy about it, but <laughs> they never have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thankfully, there's never been any um, creepiness from who I'm dating. And he knows everything and he's totally okay with it. He, on his end, 
he doesn't really know what to do if I were at a gay bar or if I was at Pride that just recently happened and a woman was hitting on me because he's explained it as if a guy was hitting on me, he would know exactly what to do. He would know how to, you know, defer the situation and and let that guy know that I'm his or whatever. And But if it were a woman, he he's like, I don't really know what to do because I can't really be like, man-like I guess and like (laughs) you can't be alpha and intimidating (laughs) yeah 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 so he he definitely is like that's the line that I don't really know how to deal with but again I'm like I never get hit on because if I'm with you everyone's like oh she's straight definitely everything has uh kind of fallen into place and my friends absolutely love who I'm seeing now really great guy They all get along. He is getting very comfortable with everyone. Uh, He has had, like I said, a few issues. At the beginning, I feel more, I guess, man hatred from this person. And then I can tell that this person is just very open and just, you know, doesn't care and just sees me as a person. Kind of interesting on his end, being with all the lesbians, how he could kind of see where everyone kind of felt definitely a lot better. And I have a few examples of just this kind of bisexual prejudice, I guess, is what this kind of is about is um, I had a friend call me from Michigan and she had her old phone where my old contact number was on. And she goes, oh, I, I called you and I totally forgot that I had the rainbow next to your name. And then she said, you don't need the rainbow anymore because you're dating my boyfriend. And I kind of was like, well, wait, like, why, why do I not get the rainbow anymore? <laughs> you know, I, you know, didn't push it. And then I've had another friend when I spoke to them about this whole rainbow thing said, well, yeah, no, you don't, you don't get the rainbow anymore. And I was like, why do I not get the rainbow? Well, you only get the rainbow again if you start dating women again. What? <laughs> yeah. It's so petty. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it really, like, I didn't think I would feel passionate after all of this happening and it's still being semi-new, but like I said, definitely not being as bad. But I'm feeling this passion where why do I not get the rainbow anymore? (laughs) Like I'm very much in the community. I have dated women. I've dated men. My sister's gay. She's married to a woman. All of my best friends, like, why do I not get a rainbow? Why am I not part, feeling part of the community anymore? Have you ever been called selfish or greedy for being bisexual? I have not personally, but talking to my lesbian friends, I have heard that. And on that aspect, hearing, well, you're just so lucky. Like, I wish I could like both because it does give you more options to date. Mm -hmm. No, I haven't been to my face or heard that, but I have heard of other people being called that. I just I just never understood the accusation myself. Uh, you know, you're greedy because you like both. You're selfish mm-hmm. because you won't pick one. Uh, it's Yeah, or it being like in between or you're on your way to being gay. If you say you're bisexual, I've heard of that 
too, which is kind of, that doesn't really make sense either. I have different friends throughout my life who have been bisexual. And one guy, he, he was with a male partner, but it wasn't a sexual relationship really. It was a relationship, though. I mean, they were affectionate with each other. They they told each other they loved each other. They lived together. They did pretty much everything together. But he said he never had sex with them. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and it's That's just, very interesting. Yeah. But I would consider him bisexual still because he's with a man. Yeah. And has that intimate relationship. Yeah. I don't like that it's feeling kind of like the whole past is wiped away just because I'm feeling like my connection with adult, like we said, with adult men is working out a little bit better than it was with women. And I feel like that kind of, and it's the person still too, like the person I'm with, I've never felt it being so easy. I've never felt more confident. The communication is just really great. We take each other for who we are and how we are. Because I found that why now is my whole past kind of wiped out just because now I'm what like straight people are doing, you know? Now, I I will say that I looked at your social media profile and Mm -hmm. it wasn't covered with gay flags or anything that really said that. Uh-huh. You know, you, you, you obviously don't wear your, your colors on your sleeve. You know, you, you keep it to yourself. It's nobody's business. But yeah, at the same time, you are very much part of that community. So you're feeling shunned by it. I don't want, you know, I, I don't know how many of my friends are actually going to listen to this, but I don't want it to make them sound so bad. It's just those little things that I feel like maybe are becoming a little bit more into knowing in media and stuff like that of bisexuality and the kind of hard times within the gay community that bisexuals do have. Even our pride for Phoenix is in April because it gets way too hot during Pride Month. (laughs) So just the thing again of somebody saying like, oh, well, are you even allowed to be there? I'm like, well, what the fuck do you think the B means? Like LGBT. And as far as social media, it's kind of funny because I bet if you look at it again and you will see like <laughs> like my boyfriend and then all women. And a lot of my friends do very much look, I guess, what you would think a lesbian looked like. But yeah, I don't know. I, I've never felt the need to really put myself out there. But again, that kind of has made it harder for me in both aspects of when I was dating women, it was hard for me to meet women. And then on this end, now everybody is just like, oh, you're falling into social norm of now you're just this straight couple. So it's kind of it's kind of hard and confusing to get into where I just want to be happy. (laughs) I I hear what you're saying because I feel like I'm very open-minded and being in the Midwest and Missouri of all places. God, I don't even know how to say this, but some of the most racist people I know are my gay friends. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's weird. It's weird. It's I I don't even know what to say. It's just a thing. And I don't appreciate racism. Now, later on in my life, I'm not out hanging out with a bunch of hillbillies or anything. But mm-hmm. I, I still experience it. And I, and I experience it from a group that I would assume would be the most accepting, yes. the most loving 
And it's just a little eye-opening to me some days when I see it, because I personally try to be very accepting. I'm a white guy and whatever, but I grew up skateboarding in the Midwest in the 90s, and it wasn't very accepted to be like a punk rocker in the Midwest at that time. And I know what it's like to feel rejected. I know what it's like to feel oppressed or as if you're a vagrant in society. So I never want anyone to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I would just assume anyone that's experienced that wouldn't behave that way. But Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly the other point that I, you know, when I say I've come out twice and I came out to, you know, straight friends and I came out to gay friends of dating, you know, same sex and opposite. Most of the time you would think, oh, well, it must have been really hard with your straight friends or your family. But it's the opposite. And you wouldn't think because of the gay rights movement, you're fighting to love who you want to love. Well, that's what I'm doing. But I had a harder time with it within the gay community. So it's kind of that like hypocritical, like, well, what do you mean? I thought that's what we were fighting for was the right to love who we want. Yeah. In every group, in every culture, in every whatever like that, but there's always a set of rules pecking order whatever it is and yeah you have to adhere to those and it's weird because I don't know any other group that should be more accepting more loving and non-judgmental it, yeah it happens yeah and and that's pretty much the my story I'm yeah. it's definitely not bad anymore it's definitely yeah very comfortable, good. But some of those comments just happened maybe a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. And that's when I messaged you or thought to message you because like I said, I just kind of feel that little eek of anger of, well, why, why does it have to be like that? And I, I feel like a lot of bisexuals or, you know, are potentially feeling that same way, either within their, uh, gay community or within the just, friend group that they have or whatever. I I didn't think I would experience feeling like that. And it definitely happened and hopefully goes away. But yeah. I have a feeling just little remarks here and there about the damn rainbow or <laughs> are just always going to get me a little heated. Well, and I, so. I think you'll find out who your real friends are. And that's, yeah. that's when it'll get better is the people that aren't going to make a dig at you. Yeah, definitely. And who, um, I mean, and I do have the friends that I, I see regularly and invite me and my boyfriend to places and always ask specifically about him and how is he doing and, oh, where is he tonight if he's not there? So definitely a lot of positive over yeah. the negative. It's like inviting the vegan to the barbecue and making sure you have stuff for them to eat. It's just, it's polite <laughs> yeah. and it's adult and it's respectful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, that might be a horrible <laughs> comparison. <laughs> well, I mean... I, th- I think that's kind of how it is. <laughs> One of my questions was, and why is it that when two girls kiss each other, they can be friends or they can be bi, but if a man kisses another man, he's absolutely gay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I felt that for a while where I don't get that. And I feel like people in general are more apt to be be bisexual because I I know I've heard a lot of men that say oh I definitely can find a man attractive 
and especially women, I feel like you hear women more that women are just beautiful. And, you know, this actress is gorgeous. And if she were to come on to me, I totally would be into it. And I don't know why with men it it turns into something different. And maybe that goes to the whole, like, two women, so sexy, like, that's okay. But two men, the way they, you know, them having sex, that's gross. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a double standard, I think. But it is. I appreciate the female form, and I don't have that much appreciation for the male form. So, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. It's I think thing. that's how a lot of people are. And the friends thing, what I described it to is, you know, a lot of women can say like, "Oh, I think I am bisexual, or I could be, or I'm attracted to women." Are you gonna go down on that girl? <laughs> are you gonna? finger that girl and if that's oh gosh no 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 I don't know I just see that as kind of like the whole I'm doing it to make someone else turned on as opposed to I actually want to do this and I'm attracted to this person and it goes beyond just oh I think women are beautiful kind of thing I think you made a good distinction some people are born gay however you want to put it and there are other people who they just don't accept that they have to be attracted to the opposite sex. Yeah. And there it is. I I don't think it has to be any more complicated than that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. And of course, always has to be more complicated. Yeah, I think it's the whole happiness and finding love and the interaction and just the fit of not only the person, but the sex too of, um, you know, men are just very different than women and the way they communicate. So some just fit better together than others, I guess. Yeah. It's just like anything. If you were only dating women, there's going to be some women that you're going to have ultimate chemistry with because you're a little bit more feminine. She's a little bit more masculine. Opposites attract for a reason. It mm-hmm. do- and it doesn't matter if you're dating your same sex, you're going to look for certain traits and characteristics. Well, kind of like pair well, or like kind of... I was looking for a different word besides pair, but that works. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just, you exemplify each other, I guess. Uh, Or complement each other, maybe. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What I kind of worry about with doing this and because I haven't really looked at your Facebook or like where people mm-hmm. respond and kind of have discussions about each episode. Yeah, I just basically listen. <laughs> Most but... of the negativity will come to me directly. They won't post it publicly. Oh, wow. <laughs> which, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. Well, and so I just was like, well, I'm not going to look at anything because yeah. I feel like some people could, you know, like dating women, like, oh, well, you just haven't found the right guy. And then, you know, starting to date men, like, were you ever really that attracted to women? Or, you know, I just feel like it, there could be a lot of... She doesn't know what she wants. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. And yeah. maybe that's what other people that date men and women feel too. I'm just not going to worry about it. And no. Like I said, dealt dealt with that with my own friends a little bit. So, <laughs> the open relationships episode. So during the podcast, though, she says it's open-ish, and apparently in the the community that uh-huh. she's in, she's mm-hmm. cons- she's considered a unicorn hunter, and they're looked down upon. Gosh, <laughs> see, it's every single group, or like you were saying, it, there can be a negative. Yeah, there's well, nothing yeah. wrong with the way somebody and does that- it. That was her story. So it doesn't, it's those lines that like, well, it doesn't, 
go into those lines, but whatever lines her and her yeah. partner made are okay with them. And it was her story. So, but, but, but it wasn't heterosexual people writing to me and saying, oh, she's a, a terrible, you know, adulteress. It was other people that were polyamorous and stuff saying yeah. she's not doing it right because it doesn't adhere to their their way yeah well yeah and i'm sure with this it'll be within the gay community of oh no we're totally open and we love bisexuals and maybe it'll be some of that again i think the whole point of it is you would think that that community would be the most accepting thank you justine it was super awesome speaking with you next up is mixter who happens to be a gay man who lives in New York who has a problem with the dating scene before we get into his problem he has a very unique hobby or lifestyle that I had to ask him about all right um so introduce yourself (laughs) yeah (laughs) best place to start always um (laughs) I am Mixter Hyde also known as JV or rather correction I am JV, but on the internet, I go by Mixter Hyde for the simple reason of I am also a teacher during the day. Mm-hmm. And um, the last thing I need is my students like going online and finding the more adult versions of conversations that I have. Um, <laughs> just because like sixth graders, like a sixth grader actually the other day told me that he found my YouTube channel and I almost had a panic attack like in the middle of class like it was kind of bad but um... well that can come back on you if you're i've heard of teachers that literally went to a bar to have a drink after work and parents happened to see them at the bar and they got fired or reprimanded for it yeah which is always insane like i that for me feels always super crazy especially when like 90 percent of the things that i think and feel are things that people generally agree with. Like, most of the parents would agree with anything that I was saying unless they were, like, a gun-toting Republican. (laughs) Like, and, like, at that point, then maybe there would be a problem, but we could still find some sort of common ground on something unless they just happen to not like gay people, at which point (laughs) we're just sort of shit out of luck. But, (laughs) um, (laughs) But, but, you know, but I, I will defend most of my conservative friends are very much accepting of all people. And I probably wouldn't be friends with them if they weren't, you know. Absolutely. Like I have, um, I almost married a Republican, so I kind of understand. (laughs) Um, That's a, woo, that's a whole other story. But, um, (laughs) yep. Yeah, that, that is me. So, um, I am a professional merman, which basically it means different things for different people. Um, but for me, it means I'm more of a children's performer than anything else. I always describe it like this. It's like being a birthday clown, except nobody has a random phobia of you and no one hates you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, like (laughs) it's like being a magical creature, basically, which it is actually it it is just being a magical creature. Um, for me, my the main purpose is, is to inspire young people to follow whatever dream they have, whatever dream that someone tells them they can't actually achieve for whatever reason, to tell them, no, you can do it because I can I can just count the number of times that people said, yeah, being a merman is not a thing you can do. And well, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, here we are. Swimming in general feels like flying, mm-hmm. but this even more so 
feels like a connection to the water, like you feel honestly connected to anything that is around you. Um, so if I happen to be in a in a river or a, or the ocean even, I feel like I'm connected to the wildlife that's around me in a way that's pretty magical. And just well, to, like, to, yeah. to paint a picture for people, you're actually wearing a large fin from the waist down, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and the fin is made out of uh, silicone and neoprene, neoprene being wetsuit material uh-huh. and silicone being the thing that um, is used in special effects um, yeah. makeup to make things textured. And it, it looks like it's straight out of Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, it looks high, high quality when I when I saw pictures of it. So I personally would feel freaked out getting into the water with that because I would feel restrained or constricted and, and think that I wouldn't have as much mobility, but you're saying this is actually gives you an edge. (laughs) Yeah. So I know like so many friends who, um, who would attempt to somehow bind their legs together anyway Hmm. and learn how to swim like that even prior to having a costume. For me, I, I never went so far as to like, wrap rope around my feet because that seemed like a bad idea and I actually the very first time I like got in a pool well one of the first movies I ever watched in my entire life uh was Splash not the Little Mermaid Splash specifically the Little Mermaid had parts of it that scared me those little like whatever those little things were that used to be people and then were weird grabby creature things <laughs> that was not my go-to movie but um Splash seemed far less terrifying. Mm-hmm. And because I could tell that they were real people and not drawings, I was fascinated. And right around um, 2001, I sent an email uh, using my mother's email, because of course I did, to uh, <laughs> or one of the people that worked on the team that made the costumes oh. for that and the sequel. I sent him an email and was like, hey, I would love a costume. Can I have a costume? Which is hilarious to me now is that was like a multiple thousand dollars worth of like material that I was just sort of like asking for. Uh, But I mean, I was a child and had no idea what like money was at that point. So um, so I asked for that and he actually replied to me, which is interesting because most people nowadays would not actually reply to it. Most of the people that I know now who make these tales for a living don't actually take the time to reply and say, uh, no. But he took the time to reply and say, hey, I can't give you the costume because you are 11. Because I (laughs) included that in there. I'm like, because you're like 11. Uh, I can't just give it to you for like legal and safety reasons. Also, they cost a lot of money to make. But you know what? This seems like to be something that you're really interested in. If you could, um, like, just... Contact me again when you turn 18 and we'll see what we can do, which I credit to this day as the most gentle way of telling me that I can work towards something, that even though it can't happen in that moment, I can get there. And the process to get there, it's going to be complicated, but all good things that we want that are worthwhile tend to be a little bit complicated to get towards. I in general, kind of stayed in touch with him a little bit. Um, I like emailed him a couple of years after that. But when I was 14, I was on uh, I was on the website DeviantArt because I've always been kind of an artist. Um, and I was on there and got in touch with this guy. He told me that he pretty much had the same hobby. And I was like, that's really cool. I uh, 
would love to do that someday. He said, well, I'm starting to form a community. Would you like to help me form a community? And I said, sure. So I helped build the first website that the community had. And then I went on to help build the second one. Um, And then it just sort of became that I, like, I was just a part of the community from, like, from the beginning of the community coming together. I was a part of it from then. Now here it is, uh, like... (laughs) That was 2004, so now it's 13 years later, and uh, it's growing pretty strong. Um, Um, I was going to ask you what it's like in your dating scene. Ooh. Oh. Oh, that's... mm, Oh, that's fun. Okay, so dating. All right. Um, So here's dating for me in this area. Now, my area is incredibly white. I don't know if you saw the OkCupid data dump study thing they broke down uh responses to messages based on various factors like age race a bunch of other things the race ones were broken down like white men get the most responses on any sort of dating app as opposed to like men of color but black men were only just beneath that it was black women who never got who like who most often didn't get a response the people who responded most to black women were like it was a pretty even toss up, if I recall correctly, between uh, white men and black men. This was a very heteronormative study, but and honestly, what I have found is that does carry pretty well over into the dating scene, where I don't get that many responses for a couple reasons. <laughs> Going to reveal more about myself sexually now. I normally during sex am what is referred to as a bottom. I prefer to be on the receiving end of most things. <laughs> that word, the, the words there, that specific way that I worded that was very funny to me. But anyway, um, so, um, yeah. I'm not a super dominating human being at all, like ever. Uh, I, I, I'm a very passive individual. In the best relationships I've been in, it's been a pretty even divide in terms of like power in a relationship. It's been a it's been a partnership as opposed to a um, like a power struggle. What I find, and here we go back to racism in porn um, a little bit, and also racism in the gay community, because that is not something that is a thing that is desired by most people, or by the majority of gay men. If they claim to not have a racial bias, what winds up happening is not only do they have a racial bias, they have a tendency to assume that any black man is going to be a like hyper dominant masculine top, which I am not. Um, And the reason for that goes all the way back to slave times with all those laws and things. I I was just going to say, I remember watching Reefer Madness or some of the old propagandish anti-drug movies. And Mm. a lot of them would portray mostly a white man in blackface who's acting all creepy and aggressive that's hopped up on cocaine or marijuana. That was the driving force to why marijuana and a lot of uh, drugs would become illegal was because of, oh, well, it makes black men have sex with white women. It's like, whoa. Precisely. It's just the most ridiculous stuff. And and people that that don't think it's true, they just assume, no, drugs are bad. That's why they're illegal. 
that's not why they became illegal, though. You can say drugs are bad, but the reason why most drugs are illegal, why there's a war on drugs, is because of racism. And that's insanity mm-hmm. to me, but it's true. Exactly. That very same thing leads people to assume that, oh, if I'm going to have sex with a if I'm going to have sex with a black man, first of all, like everyone knows the general racial stereotype of, oh, they're just genetically going to be larger than most other people, which um, is 1000% not true. But again, racism. So that still persists as a thing that people think. And if they want to be involved with a black man, it is because they're seeking, usually they're a size queen, and they're looking for someone with a large endowment at that point. And they're like, oh, well, to make sure that that's what I'm getting, this is the type of person I'm going to look for, which is a very objectifying way to look at anybody. But specifically, it is screwed up to look at black men that way entirely. And then to also claim that that's not what they're doing. But then also the flip side of that is is that most people, especially, for example, for me living in a mostly white area, most of the men around me that are gay are also white. Mm-hmm. So what I commonly hear is I'm not interested because I'm not interested in black men, which as a whole is most likely a lie because I don't know if you've seen Idris Elba lately, <laughs> but that man is fine as hell as are great, great number of black men in Hollywood, as well as just every every other place at all times. But what they're basing this off of is some sort of thought that like, oh, dating a black person is going to mean this, that, and the third, when really it doesn't actually mean anything, but it's someone making an assumption based on, based on looking at a person and looking at their race and trying to factor that in without actually taking into consideration what is actually true for that individual. Yeah, they don't get to know you, but they automatically assume that you won't have anything in common, that different aspects of your life are going to be too alien to theirs, whatever it may be, when really you're probably just as normal, just as nerdy as they are. <laughs> you know Exactly. 1,000%. I'm just as nerdy as they are usually. It's actually funny because I have... Okay, technically this was catfishing, but... <laughs> But um, let me clarify, it was pretty much to prove that exact point, to prove the that they're trying to make an assumption about me based on the color of my skin and not necessarily the content of my character. I wanted to prove to people that that was what they were doing. So I asked an old friend of mine if I could borrow a photo of them. We were of roughly the same attractiveness level. Were it not for the fact that I am black and have black features, we would look almost the same. Um, and we're like the same height. So, so he's haircut. like your, your yeah. white doppelganger. <laughs> exactly. Like pretty much. Yeah. So like I got him to let me um, use his use his photos for an experiment. I got more messages. Like I opened my app, like I turned on my app at one point, then shut it off and then like went back to it. And I had like 12 messages that had happened in a very short amount of time. And I was like, really? The only thing that changed is literally just the way my face looks. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's so crazy. And then I messaged a couple people back, um, sort of like had a conversation to see like, okay, maybe at the end of this, what's going to happen is they're going to see a picture of me and they're going to be like, oh, well, maybe I can look past it and maybe it'll be fine. Yeah. 
And I did show them a photo of me. I showed them that same night. Like I didn't like take it to like some extreme of like we started meeting and then I told like, yeah, no, I like they had them send me money and then they and then I told them. No, I just um, like I told them that night. And also I even gave them my same name. I gave them everything to tell them this is who I this is what I look like as a person. If you really want to go look and see if I'm telling the truth. Most of the time when I switched the photo back to what the original was, it stopped. It stopped immediately. People stopped talking to me. People would block me. Part of that has to do with, obviously, they thought I was lying to them because of the catfishing. Yeah. But uh, but at the same time, these people who, by the way, were around before, yeah. I could see them. Some of them I'd even messaged them myself before, and they never replied. Mm-hmm. Like So as soon as that new photo comes up, they're more than willing to talk to me. Yet, like when I tell them, oh, no, this is in fact the case, then everything changes and that I'm suddenly not even worth speaking to or having a friendship with. Everyone has a preference. I mean, I'm sure that you have a preference when you look for a date or or type, I guess. I don't know. Do you think some of it could be just they have a preference or a type or I don't know. I'm not in your shoes. So I'm I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit. That makes sense, for sure. I understand that. There's a line between a preference and also exclusion based on race. Yeah, okay. Like, And the line is there. Like, if someone wasn't into me, first and foremost, if they weren't into me because, like, I had someone reject me one time because of a photo I sent them wherein I was wearing a certain pair of underwear. And they're like, I, you wear that kind of underwear. I'm, this is deal breaker. And I'm like, what? I'm like, really? I'm like, like, I can't change that? Like, really? Like, what? At the same time, I get it. Like, if, like, if they're not into someone who would... Yeah like that particular thing, that's actually perfectly fine. That means there are interests that we have that aren't the same yeah. that or that are incompatible. Mm-hmm. That makes a whole lot more sense to me than, oh, God, you're, nope, you have this skin tone, which means we absolutely have nothing in common. I'm like, that's 1,000% not true, first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, like, And then also, like, the rejection happens immediately. Mm-hmm. It's an immediate thing, which also meant that they didn't speak to me. They didn't even at all check to see if the assumptions they were making were true. Mm-hmm. That is the line between type and rejection based on race or exclusion based on race, which is in fact racism, or well, which is a part of racism. I got into, I've gotten into a lot of arguments slash conversations about this in particular, which is that people oftentimes feel like, like who they are attracted to sexually is innately born within them, mm-hmm. when what is actually true is you are born as an infant with no sexual attraction to anything whatsoever because you're an infant hormonally at a certain point you do figure out who gender wise you might be into but even that might be wrong like like all of those things are honestly in a way up for discussion and i know that as a that as a gay man hearing that that would feel like no we literally just fought for legal <laughs> right because we literally are born this way (laughs) right exactly like it's something we're born with in that it's something that's going to come up in our genetics later Mm -hmm. it's epigenetics the the thing where it's like it's not 
the genes themselves, it's how the genes wind up expressing themselves. So like it's, I would think it's in that layer. And that is something that is inside of us, but it can also go a whole bunch of different ways. There is that um, study about um, people who are pregnant during times of famine tend to have children who have obesity issues. And that's based on um, how their genes tell them to process food. Yeah, like it's really rather fascinating. And I would argue that that's, that that might have something to do with sexuality, that it is a little bit, a little bit of it is the environment in which we are born, but also the genes that we already had, also what we wind up being exposed to. Like in a, like it's a thing that can pop up in anyone at any time. It also can be person specific. Like I've met people who, went their whole lives saying that they were straight until they met that one person. I would I would never say that somebody's absolutely heterosexual or somebody's absolutely gay. I would say mm. there's a spectrum there. I, I guess I look at it as you could be you could be in love with anyone and it's, it doesn't matter what gender they are and it doesn't really matter even if it's a sexual relationship. Precisely. That's exactly it. And I that's why that's why when people say like, well, I have a preference, I'm like, a preference is still not even a rule. It's a, this kind of thing, maybe, but not necessarily. Like having a type and having a type that is very set in one particular way serves more as a prevention method. And it's more of a way for people, like, honestly, preferences are more used for rejecting other people than they are for the type of person someone is going to seek out. It's not used in searching, it's used in rejecting, yeah. which it, that's just how that winds up being used. Like, like, it could be argued that I have a preference for white men, except what is not taken into account there is that that's mostly what's around me. Exactly. One. Yeah. Yeah, too. That's who I've grown up around. So there is a little bit of like, oh, this is a little bit of what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. If it's more of a, oh, I'm just more used to this. Um, the argument then is like, even just because you are used to something, that doesn't mean that is the only option, yeah. nor does it mean it is the right option. Just to build mm -hmm. off that, I mean, I'm I'm always just friends with whoever I'm around, and mm -hmm. I live in Kansas City, Missouri, so most of my friends here happen to be white. Why? Because it's mostly white folks. Uh, when I lived in Los Angeles, most of my friends were Filipino or Hispanic, because why? That was all I was around, so that's just who I'm friends with. But I'm not excluding anyone, and I'm not going out of my way to be friends with anyone either, so... It's just absolutely you, know, you date white men, but it's because that's what you're surrounded by. That's what you grew up with. That's all yeah. you know. Right. Exactly. There are, of course, occasionally various men of color who pop up like I there are definitely I also grew up around a lot of a lot of Latino people because in the area I live in, the, one of the fastest growing populations is the um, immigrant population specifically from Latin America. Yeah. Granted all of the immigrant population from like everywhere is growing, but like specifically from there. Um, and I, I noticed that in childhood. So I had, I just kind of had a breakthrough here, a little bit of an epiphany. I'm thinking, you know, mm -hmm. well, somebody has a preference, somebody has a type, they might not be racist, but coming from you who you're like the only black guy in this all white area, you obviously have things in common with all of them. And you're looking mm -hmm. at them and saying, why don't you see that you have anything in common with me? You grew yeah. up in the same exact community. You grew up 
culturally everything equivalent mm-hmm. to these people. Why wouldn't you have anything in common with them? Why wouldn't you be uh, a suitable person for them to have a conversation with, date, whatever? And, you know, I mean, I can say, oh, preference, oh, maybe we don't have something in common, but you're their neighbor. Mm-hmm. How much more common can you get? You know? Exactly. This always sounds worse than I mean it to sound, but I'm like, I am so okay with rejection. Like, I can handle rejection very well. Like, it's fine. But rejection based on something that it, that I, one, cannot change, two, in terms of what it means to me, okay, being black for me is important to me, absolutely. Like, And also being culturally black, too, is a thing that is important to me. Is it the end all be all of my personality? Absolutely not. No. Um, so it's like not. I don't. Yeah. So like so for someone to reject me based on something that that at once means a lot, but also means next to nothing, mm-hmm. makes no sense to me, and it drives me insane. And I'm like, like I literally have told people like I need you to give me a different reason other than that one. Like I can I will be fine with the rejection. I literally just need another reason other than that one. <laughs> like um, you're okay I'll, if you you posted the picture of your fruit of the looms and they're like I don't like that underwear. You're like okay I get it. But if it's just yeah, based like, on you, <laughs> at that point I could look at that guy and be like that was stupid. But okay fine. Like and just sort of like walk away from that and be like I don't I don't care. That's okay. Because he's shown you how shallow he is and whatever. But, I mean, what's more shallow than basing it off of race? Exactly. I have a very close friend of mine who um, we are very, very close. Close to the point of, like, we have had sex with the same person in the same bed at the same time. But we have never had sex with one another. (laughs) Yeah, like like we are just that close. Like and it and like I love that closeness. I love our friendship in general. However, like I've asked before, I'm like why why not though? Like and the answer to that is um is my body type more than anything else. He is into what in the gay community is called a bear. Ah. Yeah, I know yeah, what <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. I'm glad. Okay, good. Um, so I'm not totally yeah. naive. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very used to having to explain things that to me seem very basic, but like I, but at, at that point, I've also lived this. I understand. Yeah. So like, he, yeah. So he's into bears. I, in terms of a type, my type is someone who is interested in me which is very (laughs) that's not healthy for like a type but like that's not a real type like it's like it honestly at that point could be anybody um i mean i find when it comes right down to it there are things that i that i want and if a certain person cannot give that to me then that's a sort of no-go for that but that's why we have dating apps that are kind of a screening process for this. Um, so I can figure all that out without having to really hurt anybody. So, the, yeah. So he he gave me that reason. And at once, in a way, it, because it's my appearance, that's kind of a shallow reason. But at the same time, that's one I can get behind because I that's one I can get behind for a bunch of reasons, not the get, least of get, which get, is get like... Get behind? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So that's that's hilarious. No, <laughs> thank you for calling out that joke. I appreciate it. Um, that is, woo, I didn't even catch that one. And that one is funny. Ooh. Yeah. So like it's at once a a shallow reason, but it's a, it's a reason that makes sense. And also with him specifically, that hasn't stopped him from being my friend. In fact, I think when you 
take it to that level could screw the friendship up because now you got emotions now you got you know what where is this going should we continue (laughs) should we not and there's there's issues there that a lot of Mm. people are mature enough to get past but a lot of people aren't and i would say that you have a wonderful friendship that is wonderful Mm -hmm. because you haven't taken it there Absolutely. I value that part of our friendship like a lot. Um, though I personally feel like even if we even if it did get to that point, which it won't, but even if it did, I feel like it would be manageable. Um, it would be a very manageable thing. But that's hypotheticals and I don't really like it it's not going to happen, so there's no real point in thinking <laughs> about that. But yeah. like but yeah, like so that's the kind of reason that I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. But back to the story about the time that like someone being not sexually attracted to me also meant that they didn't want to be my friend either. That got to me because at a certain point they were attracted to me, but because I have the literal text record that proves that they were attracted to me. Like, so I was talking to this guy and we were, we were, we were talking, we were making a, making a couple plans here and there. And then the plans didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And then what happened a few months later is we wound up working together on a show, uh, which which was unexpected. But yeah. we, you know, finished working together because the show ended. And then I had figured, like, okay, cool. Well, we'll we'll just stay in touch. Like, not even in a sexual manner. We'll just stay in touch as friends. Like, he was older than me. And one of the things that I was hoping for in a friendship was that he would be the kind of person that I could talk to who's, like, gone through things that I can sort of be like, can you help explain this to me? I'm not sure I understand what's happening right here. I really value that kind of person in my life. I really very helpful. Yeah. And I was hoping that that was what he could be because he was, um, I'll just sort of say this. He was actually closer to twice my age, but also given his general nature, he's a very youthful person. Mm -hmm. So that's not a huge deal. It's whatever. I don't really care that much. Um, I kept trying to get in touch with him and be like, hey, let's hang out. And he wouldn't say anything. Like, just no response to me at all. And I'm like, what? why? And I had figured, okay, you know, he's probably a busy person. It's fine. I'll just leave that alone. He's a busy guy. It's all right. And then Christmas rolls around, or rather, correction, the day before Christmas rolls around, and we both happen to be at the same, the same like, queer Christmas party. He also met the the older guy um, and they became friends and still I tried to get in touch with the older guy a couple more times and he was like oh he, well, he didn't really say anything he his non-action was pretty much no yeah. it's fine <laughs> and I'm like I, like I was still sitting there like okay this is weird and it was the day before Valentine's Day I I messaged our our now mutual friend I had been rejected a couple times that day in terms of like a date for the next day because, you know, Valentine's Day, it's a romantic day. I kind of wanted to do anything other than be by myself. Uh, okay, so I, I was talking to him and I was like, oh, it would be really it would be really nice um, even if it was just like even if it was just a hookup like that would be really nice. because It's been a while, you know, like I, I could I could use that. That would be great. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, me too. And then I asked him like, I, I have this kind of friendship with most of my friends where if I were to ask them how long's it been since you had sex, it's not an uncommon question, nor is it something that gets a super weird reaction. Yeah. 
like talk to them about it and be like, "Ooh, was it fun?" Like, I, like I get fascinated with other people with other people's sex lives, but not in like a creepy way. Just in a like, "Oh, that's really interesting. Human sexuality is fascinating," kind of way. Yeah. So I asked my friend that, and he says, "Oh, it was just a week ago." And I'm like, oh, my God. Ooh, girl, with who? Because, of course, I did. That was my personal failure was asking who. Because he said, our mutual friend, the older gentleman. I'm like, oh, really now? And they'd been they'd been chatting a lot. Like, they'd been talking a lot. And what killed me about it was the was the was what they were talking about and how they were communicating as my, in the words of my friend, oh, he's been a really supportive guy. He's been like an older person that I can bounce things off of who's been, you know, really good about giving me advice and things. A mentor. Yeah. What you, you yeah. were looking for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, no. And then I did something I probably shouldn't have done, which is go home, drink two glasses of wine and write a very long email um, <laughs> wherein and I actually quoted Shakespeare during this thing. I quoted A Midsummer Night's Dream. There is a line in um, A Midsummer Night's Dream from my favorite character in that play, which is Helena. So it was the wherefore Wherefore was I to this keen mockery born speech that I quoted? I basically asked him, like, the basic summary was, like, what did I do to you that you're going to clearly ignore me because you also then decided to date my, to, like, not date, but, like, to be a mentor yeah. and sleep with a friend of mine who has the same schedule that I do? Like, it's not like, it's not like whenever he was free, I wasn't free, or whenever, like, like this, our schedules were basically the same. It was very clearly that he put one of us um, on a priority list as opposed to the other. And the difference between us, to be quite honest with you, was basically I'm slightly less whiny and I'm black. That is literally it. Those are the two differences between us. So I'm sitting there thinking, I know the reason already. Like, the other reason that he could potentially have given was like, oh, well, we've worked together. But even though we've worked together, we weren't working together in that moment. Like, there's no reason for the mentorship piece of that to not happen. It was one of those moments wherein I got, uh, where I where I had a little to drink and then got a little angry. His response was, oh, hey, I thought we were friends. I didn't know you wanted anything other than friendship. I'm like... That's a lie. That That is a very clear lie because in multiple of the messages, in fact, I said I only want to be friends. But friends hang out with each other. And what? To which he did not respond. Okay. Like, I just sort of blew it off. I'm like, whatever. I, I'm going to have to write this off as another incident where I clearly know what happened. And in this case, it is very clear what happened. There's a moment where, like, there's this lovely thing called shade, and I I occasionally am shady, and I don't mean to be. It just sort of happens. It is because at once I am gay and black, and there are certain stereotypes that hold true, and that is one of them. That That the shade in both of those communities just come together to make epic shade, and I can't stop myself sometimes. It's just sort of built in. After speaking with Mixter... I actually came across many articles about gay New York nightclubs 
that actually ban people of color. I read in the comments section from many in the gay community who supported these clubs, which was very eye-opening to me. Seeing some of these news articles shed some light and truth upon Mixter Hyde's story, his perceptions when he's out and about trying to date. I would hope it's obvious that I'm a very accepting person of anyone, no matter your race, background, religion, whatever it is. I absolutely love you and respect you. And like most subjects, it's whatever people write in, I take it on. And I I wish I could interview every single person that wrote in, uh, but I run out of time and I feel bad because I want to talk to everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if nothing else, any community, any group shouldn't tolerate racism or bigotry because it shouldn't be tolerated anywhere. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.